This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, which is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com, which is the membership program for coaches or consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while also launch and grow a successful podcast so that they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says trauma and adversity, they do not define you. It's how you climb out of the darkness and create light for others that will be your biggest achievement. And joining me on today's show is Joanna Baum. Joanna, she has 25, over 25 years of professional services experience in compliance, security and identity management. Now, 17 years ago, she founded Strategic Security Solutions, S3 to disrupt the technology professional services industry, which seeks to deliver programmatic cyber initiatives and do it with heart. Now, the focus is to build a sustainable and people-minded security culture, and S3 strives to make the complexity of cyber simple. Thank goodness. Now, Joanna, she's a proud to be recognized expert and an active influencer in the cyber community. She serves on the advisory board for the University of Tennessee and Knoxville Accounting Infosystems Department. She supports several technology vendor advisory boards. She's also an ambassador and mentor for SPJ Capital and for multiple entrepreneur and women in leadership organizations. She's a proud mum of three young children and is active in supporting victims of trauma and the special needs community. Now on today's show, she's going to talk about why you should trust your gut. Not something we often talk about on the show, but from failures to success, trusting yourself isn't always easy. Lots of insights there. How failure can be an extremely powerful motivator and how overcoming trauma and adversity can be your biggest achievement. So welcome to the show, Joanna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. If I look back to um, your introduction and your experience over 25 years within professional services, compliance, security, identity management, and there's maybe have some terminologies in there that when we listen to it, we think, oh, yes, cyber, too complicated for me. I'd love to know what was it that attracted you, that interested you about this industry? Give us a bit of a snapshot of your journey progression. Sure, sure. And it, it sounds like now I feel like I'm dated, um, but <laughs> it's a long time. Uh, you know, when I started, we kind of had an option to either do like home ec or typing or kind of a computer science and programming class. And I do really love to cook, but I had always really been interested in technology and it just sounded so fascinating to me. 
Uh, and I had you know, built computers with my father just to try to do something with my dad. He also was not in computer science. Uh, he was a chemist, but it also just interested him. So I, when I got the opportunity to try to do it, it was just fascinating and I had to do it. And that was you know, middle school. So just from that age, I was always fascinated with technology and how such a small thing could do so much powerful you know, computing and the output from that just seemed so amazing to me. I, it kind of started me on this journey you know, in technology and, and what could I do in that space? Yes, and I love the way that you've uh, really brought heart within, as you said, deliver programmatic cyber initiatives and to do it with heart. If you think back to uh, some of the, the the things that were going on in your industry and why I'm asking you this question is so often we may enter into an industry as a woman in leadership, whether it be working for someone else, another organisation or our own business, but the industry itself has certain things that we really want to make an impact, a change in, because we know that to be that change um, can bring a change. And I love the way that you've really wanted to bring heart within what it really is a technology and, and maybe not really a heartfelt or bringing heart into that. What were some of the insights that you've learned that you can share that would give a woman who is facing, you know, some changes that she wants to make? It can be quite, you know, quite a, a journey, if you will. What are some insights? Yeah, and it, it's clearly intimidating. I mean, yeah. I would say when I looked at tech and thinking about even, you know, just going into technology from accounting, in uh, you know, in undergraduate and moving on through graduate school and after, people don't look like me. You know, I even just wearing pink today, it reminds me of you know rules we had when I started in accounting that you would wear black or navy. That was it. You know, so, and there were no pantsuits. It was a full suit with pantyhose. So you know, there were so many restrictions to us. So you know, a female even entering into tech was already such an anomaly. So then to be in tech in a very complicated environment and say, we, we have to be able to do this better. You know, we're using terminology, we're using vocabulary, we're talking about these complex initiatives and nobody understands what we're saying. And it, it's either going over their head or they, it, you know, there's a very small percentage that is really grasping what we're trying to do and really we're supporting their initiatives. So how can we do this better? And year after year, I was seeing we just weren't getting there. And we were really driving resources. You know, people were coming into the field and leaving so quickly because we weren't thinking about the whole person. You know, we weren't putting initiatives together as, you know, managers, senior managers, you know, building a practice for public firms. We really weren't thinking about what it was doing to the people that were trying to support this. We're going out to clients and teaching them complicated and solving very you know difficult technical problems and we just weren't taking care of people on both sides so it seemed like a really easy equation you know we have to think about how to not just make it digestible but how do we make it enjoyable for both sides <laughs> of the people that are engaged that in it would make a difference you'd think right. wouldn't it <laughs> I mean, we're losing people left and right, especially right now. How do we keep them in? How do we attract them? And it's by making it a more, not just inclusive, but enjoyable environment. Yes. So it was one that I just, I, I knew we could fix this. I knew we could do it better. 
I knew we could build a better mousetrap. And you know, thinking about it that way and thinking I could either build this for somebody else or when he had the opportunity, it seemed like, you know, it, it's, it's a risk worth taking. And I love that. And one of the things that I think it makes such a difference is you knew it in your heart of hearts and you knew how important it was. And, you know, there's a difference between knowing something is important and knowing it can make a difference and then being bold and courageous to actually start making that change. And I'm sure that that's one of the things when you started your own business, which we've, you know, strategic security solutions, you were able to create that model and then live and breathe it. What were some of the challenges that you faced when you started to uh, make, or maybe there weren't changes or challenges, maybe some of your feedback that you got was, this is a breath of fresh air. We were waiting for, what was some of the feedback you got when you started implementing some of those changes? So I will go with both. I will bookend this to say initially this, I knew that this was the right thing to do. And building a practice for a large firm, all I I heard was no. So I heard a lot of no. I knew, and this is back to our, you know, trusting your gut. I knew this is where we needed to go. I knew the industry needed us to push a little bit. I was hearing from clients. I heard from, you know, from fellow employees. I heard from external consultants. I knew this was something we needed to do. So, you know, intuition told me this is out there. We're either going to build it here or I need to build it somewhere else. You know, I think the is this going to be difficult? I knew this was going to be tough. I knew I was going to hear a lot more no, but I was hoping I'd get a few yeses along the way. (laughs) So I think I always call myself the accidental entrepreneur, and that probably does a disservice to it. There was clearly a lot of work that went into it and a career before that to say, okay, I have the credentials. I have, you know, the clients that would trust in me, believe that we could continue to do this, you know, without maybe a large firm backing me. So starting it, I knew we could get there. I knew we might stumble, but I knew the idea in my gut, I knew the intuition said, we're going to be able to make this work. And, you know, 17 years later, we're still doing, I think, the same things and, and more and better as we continue to expand, you know, that thought about about heart kind of leading technology initiatives. Yes. And isn't it interesting that now when uh, we've all around the world experienced last couple of years, more and more discussions around the boardroom table is we need to bring um you know, the compassion, the empathy for our team, and it is bringing the heart back into the into the, the workplace. So it's interesting when you, when you love this conversation about trusting your gut. Isn't it a, a saying, I'm going to paraphrase, that if there are no other organisations or there is nothing out there that is delivering something that you know in your heart to be important, maybe it is because you are the steward, you are the pioneer that is there to drive that. And thank goodness you have, because slowly and eventually, as you continue to live and breathe and step out in that truth and in that what you know is so important, you attract the team around you who are also as passionate about the, you create that culture, don't you? And then it really starts to um, to go out into the community, out into the industry, that they then start to look, you know, look out for you, don't they? Joanna, we want to talk to you because we don't know what you're doing, but we want it within our organization. What were some of the conversations when you started to see that you were making an impact? Yeah. And I I will say, you know, that authenticity, you can't really fabricate that. 
So I think when we see it from others where they're really, you know, trying to adopt that philosophy, I mean, it's expensive. When you come to setting up an organization like that, you know, make no mistake, this isn't free. You know, it, it takes effort, it takes investment, it takes time, and you have to care about it. You have to continue to feed that. So it's one that when you go to a, a client, a partner, you know, any one of these constituents and start to just talk about it, they know if you're really living it. I mean, it's in the fabric of everything you're doing. So I would say simply, you, you can't fake that. So we've definitely heard from, you know, when we go have some of these conversations, even with prospective clients, they'll say, you know, I heard about you. <laughs> we heard what you guys are doing, you know, so talk to us a little bit more about that. And when we show them and they've, they've said, hey, we talked to our colleagues, we know that you guys really delivered this and you, you listened. Like we had problems and you listened to us and fixed it with us. We didn't just drop in, give them a solution and run away. We were fully invested. We heard what they had to say. You know, we were there collaborating with them and we were there the day that there was an issue. We were there when days you know, were amazing. We were there during COVID. You, know, you name it, we walked through that with them so they knew they had a partner that was invested and that cared in, in the output. And again, it's one that it, that's something you can't fake. Yeah. And they've seen where others have tried to do that and just didn't have that connection with them. So that's the one thing I would say we hear consistently is we know that you're in this with us. What I love about what you've just said there is something that we, you know, the people that have been on this podcast and, and others that we have on our network have said over and over again, and it's so important, you can't fake authenticity. And this is not a sh bright, shiny object, is it? To say, you know what, we're going to start doing this and that and hope that that's going to differentiate us in the marketplace. It is has to be at the core of who you are as an organization, who you are as individuals, obviously for you being the founder and, and obviously the leader, the CEO of your organization, but then also too, as that company continues to live and breathe every single day through the good times and even the challenges. And we're going to talk about in a moment how failure can be an extremely powerful motivator through everything, thick and thin, with clients, with stakeholders, with your team, um, that becomes the reputation that you build, isn't it? And that is that reputation of living and breathing that it, it becomes its own organism, isn't it, if you will, because everybody and the company reputation itself is what continues to be shared because you live and breathe it, every single one of your team, every day. Yes. And, you know, for the industry that we're in, and I was just reading, honestly, before we connected about a, a recent breach, and it's a large organization, but it took them a long time to go public with the information. And a lot of the responses were, it's not that there was an issue. It's that there was no transparency. We trusted you and we didn't hear a response when we wanted to. And it wasn't that, again, there was an issue. It's that we we couldn't trust that now we don't know about what we can trust for the future. Yeah. Eroding that is so, it's just so dangerous and detrimental. So having that honesty, the transparency, the authenticity, you know, having that through the relationship and them knowing whether it's good news or bad news, we're going to be transparent about it. And we're going to be here either to help you fix it, to remedy it, to talk about, you know, the highs and the lows, but we're, we're in that path with you. When you start to erode that that trust, whether it's with your team or with your clients, it's it's really hard to get that back. You just yeah. can't. I think trust is the most important 
Um, I can't even how would you define trust? It, but other than it's everything, I think if you don't do not have trust, and you can't say, I mean, you know, a lot of people, it's like that saying um, or that terminology, uh, thought leader. You cannot have the word thought leader on on your profile and expect to be seen as a thought leader, isn't it? It takes. It takes months, years, decades of constant getting out there and speaking and, and sharing and continual learning because, you know, you're always evolving your area of expertise. Similar with, with trust, you can't say I'm trustworthy. You have to live and breathe it. And I think some of the greatest um relationship building, if you will, of, of my, you know, not clients, but um, vendors is when they made an error and I've brought it up and they fixed it. And then they come to me and said, well, and they, they've sent the wrong thing. And then, you know, in the mail the next day, there was the right implement out of their pocket to make sure, you know, that's the kind of thing that stands out, doesn't it? The, Absolutely. And building trust. And I think um, when you see what's going on, the narrative and, and trying to cover things up, those things just continue to, to add to the distrust or the mistrust. And I think it takes a lot longer to build um, up again, if ever, because if you continue to show that you're mistrustworthy, you know, what have you got other than your reputation, isn't it? Yes. And you can't say that it's a renewable resource. This is a currency that just doesn't replenish itself. Yeah. So once you've spent it all, if you've gone out on a limb and now they know they can't trust you, again, you just can't go back to the bank and get more of it. Yeah. I and love the way that you termed it. That beautiful. It's a currency. That's right. You build. I talk about building reputation equity and it takes, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. What have you got other than your reputation? And that is bankable because if your reputation is one of trustworthiness, of excellent integrity, yes, expertise, but that integrity and excellence and trustworthiness, I think, um, is everything. So, and let's talk about failure because, yes, things <laughs> happen in, in our own businesses and maybe even, you know, with relationships with clients. And as we said, it's how you deal with that situation that is going to continue to build that relationship. But when we come to a failure, it can often be what throws us off track, that we throw everything away. We think, oh, it didn't work, so I'm just not going to even follow that anymore. What insights can you share? Because I think there's people here who really are change makers, mm -hmm. champions of change, and yet are going to be faced with difficulties, with pushback, but they have to continue what they're doing because it really is the change that is needed in their industry. What what could you share with them today? Yeah, and there's a there's a few ways that you can view failure. You know, there's there's this speed bump. I wouldn't call that, you know, failure. Sometimes you internalize that as a much bigger mountain than it is. Um, but, you know, no is not a failure or even a setback. It's definitely your opportunity to, one, you know, check yourself. Am I going down the right path? Do I believe in it? When the answer is yes, that gut says I'm absolutely headed. Either this is not my path or I need to get to yes. You know, it's a way for you to propel yourself forward. Um, but, you know, literally in this past week, I had the unfortunate opportunity to talk about a pretty significant failure and one that we're in right now. And I, I had to talk about it with some fellow CEOs in a forum that I'm in. And they're 
um, there are other businesses and it's just CEOs for us to get together and talk about things like this and to give each other honest feedback and advice. Are we headed in the right direction? Is it the wrong direction? What have you not seen? Do you have the blinders on? You know, they're there to help coach and guide me through just the same as I'm there for them on the things that I'm not paying attention to. And one of the biggest issues that I had with it was the shame around I've made a mistake. And it took me a long time to even get the words out. I danced around it a bit and I've been here. And it, it was something they reminded me of, you know, the, the rise from that is way more difficult to climb and it's way more of a, an achievement than the success that I had in the first place. So that felt like I'm stumbling through this, but we continue to win. We're doing good things. We're building, we're making a huge impact. Those feel great, but they don't feel like this huge climb. It, the incremental success doesn't feel as big. But when you hit one of those larger failure points, you feel like you're in that valley of despair. The climb out feels significant. You know where you need to go. So staying in that course and knowing, okay, this is, this is just a pivot point. This is a point where I, made a, I may have made some mistakes, but adjusting to those, knowing that the end is still the goal that you, you, know, you need to get to, you believe in it. Again, that intuition, that gut says, I'm on the right path. I just need to make some minor adjustments. It's so hard to, to trust yourself, but you know, you know that you're on the right path. So really, you know, just continuing to work that plan. And I think you talked about it in a lot of your, you know, those um, smaller bits of advice that you've given, make a list, just step one foot in front of the other, start to make that journey to that recovering from the failure point. But the waffle is one of the biggest mistakes, not being sure about that, not communicating that strength to your team that, look, I, I, we made a mistake. Here's where we are. Here's our path to success. We're going to continue on this path and keep walking forward. Waffling on that communication is where you will have, I think, your, again, your, your greatest weakness recovering from that failure point to success. Yeah. You know what I love about what you've just shared? And, and it's a great reminder to us that anytime that we have a chain or challenge or a, a real failure where we just put our heart and soul, the whole team worked, or whether it was just you or you're a solopreneur, you really put everything into it and it just didn't work out. That whole, then we bring on that whole secondary feeling, don't we? We feel bad enough with this. And then there's this whole shame and we don't want to talk about it. But really there are so many, and one of my clients calls it the gift. She, she has a book called The Gift Mind. Mindset. But what is so important around that, there are incredible learnings and lessons that when you take the time to learn from those and fix them, I, I don't know anything about engineering, but I'm sure that there is something that says that when you fix something and you, you solder it, you do all of that, that thing is so strong. There is no way that it is going to break again. And similarly with our failures, if we learn from that, we implement things that we realize, hey, there were gaps. The next time you are just going to stride and that becomes that foundation. I'm sure looking back on issues and failures and other challenges you've been through, they are no longer issues and they may actually have become the greatest strengths that you now lead in the marketplace. Yes, and absolutely. And one of the things I want to pull out from that is how many times have you you'd failed at something? At whatever it is, it could be making a grilled cheese sandwich, you know, yeah. for your kids. It could be forgetting 
you know, to send in Halloween costume something for, again, for your kids. Or it could be economics of an engagement that you completely are upside down. You forgot about a cost to include an overhead. Oh my goodness, this, you know, project is not zero, which kind of huge difference. Yeah. What just happened? So for every one of those, I guarantee you don't do that twice. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, now you exactly. Yeah, I am not going to have that project upside down. I know we need to include that specific cost that we forgot about. I'm going to yeah. make it a point when I go back and review what happened here. And it's not just fixing this for today. I need to make sure that I put in place some kind of, you know, some kind of trigger and entry point, a reminder to say, I am not going to get there again. Mm. I'm going to be the first one in line with the Valentine's cards for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. Ah, I know. I know. So don't yeah. do it twice. I might do something else, but at least I'm making sure that I'm continuing to add to that toolbox to eliminate the big failure points. Again, now they might just be speed bumps that I say, but I got that. I yeah. have something that can fix this. Yeah. And I, I I think as a leader, particularly of an organisation too, that things happen in our team and we need to be really mindful that we've given the team the resources and the ability to know what does a really good job look like. And I think if we start to, as leaders, show that, hey, look, mistakes happen, but it's what we do after that, isn't it? It's how we rise from that, ensuring that it's not, not done again, that creates a culture that, okay, let's fix it. How do we fix it? What support do, do we need? And that leaving off a zero, I, I, re, I will remind um, of a time where my husband said that one of his costing, he worked in the construction industry, so big dollars, big dollars, forgot a no, so what they, a zero. So what they thought was 45,000 was actually 450,000. Big difference on the P and L. <laughs> Whoops. Exactly. But you know what? We can learn from that. Check every document and then they did you miss a zero on the keyboard? So um, yeah, at the time it's not so funny, I'm sure, but in hindsight, yeah. I mean you you all of these are things that again you learn, you don't make the mistake again. And I, I'm the first one to say this was on me. Yeah. And typically I will I will eat that whole humble pie and say this this is my fault uh, and I will own all of it. And I was quickly you know, reminded by several people, look, there were a couple of things in here that this isn't just you. You know, there's a whole team that should have recognized some of these things. Yeah. But I will I will always eat that. I will always say that it's look, I need to do better. I need to be more responsible. I should have had an eye on it. I should have seen the zero. But that's because it's most of us, and especially as women, we will all fall on the sword. We're used yeah, to doing yeah. that. So, and that can it. What I love about the fact that you've also had that mentor group or the with the fellow CEOs, where you can hold each other accountable and remind us, you know, remind each other of uh, things that we may not see right there in the moment when we are very much still carrying around, you know, the impact of whatever it is that that you've just experienced. Why I have found, and I'd love your your insights on this too and how it's impacted you, what I have found, you need to give yourself time, the space and grace to go through that and your team as well because if you don't come up with a plan and recognise where it was that you could have strengthened or if you change that or tweak that the next time, what it then comes is it, it, it inhibits you moving forward next time on a project. And I know what, what often happens, and I've, there's a term that I learned from one of my mentors called goal trauma. 
and then also financial trauma because what it can do it can it can strengthen um, a negative belief or an unhelpful belief that next time will have you playing small and not putting your hand up for a project that you should have you know, um, as the project for you because you, where you are in your journey has made you the best person for that project. But you won't put your hand forward because you're fearful that, well, maybe we then maybe that's not for us because, you know, we, we're not ready yet because we failed the last time. But guess what? If you'd gone through that process, share some insights. Has that been true for you and your team too? Uh, I would say absolutely. I mean, it's so it's interesting when I go through the the mental process of, kind of following up from an incident and whatever it is, again, whether it's personal or professional, I kind of have this process of cycling through it. And I know if I'm in that first 24 hours, I should not make major decisions yet. <laughs> I'm still working through it. I'm still cataloging what happened. I could be angry. I could be sad. I'm upset. You know, the the feelings wheel that you're that you're running through is not the time to say, we should never do this again. Mm. Maybe you shouldn't but you're still too close to the incident to be able to make that kind of assessment. You have to walk through it. You have to go through and, and really get the feedback from those around you that one that had visibility to what happened and those that had no visibility to what happened because you need the perspective from both. Sometimes folks that are too close to it are also still raw. They might need 72, 96 hours. They might need a week to say, I, I'm not ready to talk about this. You might need a month. I mean, we've had things that we were so burned. It really did take us a few months. And then we completely reshuffled the type of client that we were going to pursue because we were all so raw from this engagement. We, we just couldn't look at it again yet. But it was one that, and we brought this, I think you brought this up a little bit earlier in our conversation. I want to be able to go to sleep at night. Sometimes mm -hmm. things cost money because we know it's the right thing to do, but our client doesn't agree with us. We will fix things that cost money because it's the right thing to do. Now, if again, they don't agree with us, maybe that's not a client we want to do business with in the future. And that's okay. But recognizing that and knowing we still did the best that we could do, we put our best foot forward, you know, but that one particular incident that we really felt so burned by it, none of us could look at it for months. We couldn't make a decision. We knew we had to retrace our steps, but we were so just raw and angry from it. Let's get some more mini wins and and um, some yeah, some strength building before we go back into that. That's so we completely. Let's just put that over. It's a it's a gift that we will look at this opportunity. We'll unwrap that one a little bit later on. <laughs> and we did. We did. We had tremendous growth from that. We had a lot of learnings. We just weren't ready to get there yet. Yeah. So Not it, it, that one. Yeah. You know, so it is one that I would say for people to just stop, go through your process to try to assess, you know, but don't agree with you. The trauma and the blowback from we're never doing that again. We can't, we have to go small. Don't get to that so quickly. Yeah. And I love that, um, you know, one of the things that you say that uh, overcoming trauma and adversity can be a biggest achievement. And you may have heard me say, uh, and some others who, who are listening um, regularly to the podcast, you know, my worst business failure ever 
has been the best thing that ever happened to me because it really it was the kick in the pants that I needed and um, and it led me down the path to where I am today. However, often when we talk about trauma and we talk about adversity and challenges and failure, it can be the biggest thing that keeps us stuck. So what were some of the things that you and your team did, maybe mindset shifts, Joanna, that had you take a trauma and adversity so that it wasn't and it didn't remain your biggest roadblock but rather your biggest achievement. Yeah, I mean, talking to that CEO group the other day was such a great reminder because I had so much shame, even just around this one business issue. And they said, do you not recall that we've all had, everyone has had that conversation. I'm sure other people outside of this room have also had this conversation with you. And individually, a lot of us have had personal trauma, personal failures, individual issues that then bled into what we were delivering. And we felt like from a career standpoint, I just, I can't disassociate these things. I am now collectively a wholesale failure. This trauma has impacted me too much. I have to retreat. And it's not, it's not true. I mean, it takes a minute for you to climb out of that. Somebody else often has to tell you, look, we need to recognize there's a pretty significant issue here. I don't think it's it's going to overrun us. We're going to have to overcome it. But first, we have to recognize where we are. So whether you've recognized it or somebody else brings it to your attention, it absolutely is the thing that really your response to it is everything. And I've heard as somebody who kind of walked through personal pretty significant trauma and heard everything happens for a reason, everything like there's got, I'm like, there's, there's no way that this happened for a reason. I can't buy into that, but my response has to be the reason that I continue. It has to be the light that I'm either showing to somebody else that they can to climb out of this and have success personally and professionally it's that you're showing not just the people that have had that trauma, but people who are considering dropping out of the workforce or whatever they're feeling, even now, you know, through a pandemic, through a potential world war, you know, everybody is fatigued. We can continue to to work through this and really find success in different ways, different areas, and you can overcome that. And really it's, it is your biggest achievement and the ability to show others you can make it through that is just so significant. So true. And and it's knowing what to keep focused on, isn't it? You know, as as businesses and and leaders of businesses, there are always things that are happening that require attention. You know, the fire out, putting out fires, I, I guess. But where it comes to the point is that you're able, they become less and less, or you have team around you that are able to address them in a very integral, honest, you know, transparent way, I, I think. But recognizing so often, I think in, as individuals, we, we assume that we're the only ones who have gone through that. We're the only ones that have gotten a no to a major project that we might have taken months to put together or a client has pulled the pin on a contract because of whatever, you know, we think we're the only ones. But when we open up and actually have conversations with peers, they say, oh, that's happened to us. And sometimes multiple times, isn't it? Because environment, situations that are out of your control have just led to to something happening that you you weren't able to foresee. Yeah. And so I'll I'll take it back to a personal story. And then I have one from a colleague. But I mean, I'm in IT. We make mistakes. It happens. I have taken servers down 
I, I can't say that was my finest hour. I've sent millions of emails that were definitely directed to the wrong people. You know, I've sent training manuals out with one letter difference that warehouse was an entirely different word. <laughs> that O to an A's, you know, that's a big problem. So things, which is funny now, but wildly embarrassing as it goes out to, you know, a, a whole group of warehouse employees, you know, yeah. that these things happen and you immediately sink and say, this is awful. I have ruined my career. Everyone has seen this failure point. And, you know, at a, at a major go live or deployment at a client, it was a really, and at the time I was actually uh, the security lead and the security manager for all of the applications for this company. And we had an employee who we entrusted to distribute passwords and emails. And it was a wild failure. And she was so upset and was crying and said, this was all my fault. Everything is, everything is doomed because I did this. And it honestly relieved the tension to say, well, I don't think that's, I don't think that's in question. We know it was you, but that's okay. But we're going to have to fix it really quickly. You have a whole team full of people who are here to support you to fix it. Are we going to stand here and be upset about it? Or we can all help you fix it in under five minutes. What do we do now? And it really shocked her out of, okay, I guess you're right. It is pretty clear I did it. And like, we didn't need you to tell us that, but that's okay. We've all done, we've all done bad things, but we got to fix it now. So let's mobilize. And that was the biggest thing she needed to hear to say, okay, you're right. I, I, I have this, let's fix it. And that, that was one of the last times I've ever known her to make a mistake like that. But she also wasn't afraid to admit the next time where she said, I need some help. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, another huge lesson too, isn't it? That sometimes where we're, where we have ended up, we can backtrack and realize that maybe it was our inability to ask for help, assuming that as leaders, we need to know everything, you know, I mean, we don't need to know everything. Actually, we don't need to know everything. And that, that we don't know, surround yourself with such an incredible team who knows way more than you do and create such a wonderful environment that they bring their expertise, knowledge and commitment to that team. And together you will go much farther. Those are all things I think as leaders we need to, to appreciate and understand, doesn't it? The one thing that I often would hear from leaders is that they assumed that their team assumed that they needed to know everything, which is not the case. I mean, that's kind of almost arrogant, isn't it? How on earth could you know everything about everything as a leader? I know. And one of my biggest fears, I call it security or technical jeopardy, that I'm going to end up on the news or a podcast and somebody is going to riddle me with yeah. every security and complex technical task and every regulation, you know, walking through code. I, I, I'm petrified, but who would do that? Yeah. <laughs> Why would somebody do that? And that just, it doesn't make any sense. And it's a fear that is really unfounded. So yeah, why would I put my team in the middle of a failure point? No, and I, I hope that they all know more than I do. They also hope that I don't, well, they would love if I knew everything, but none of us know everything. That's why you have a team surrounding you. It's the best, everyone has their critical, you know, success items, their strike zone 
of you know amazing features that they have to contribute, which is why we always talk about it's the whole person. You know, they contribute so much individually and collectively. We are collaboratively this amazing engine. When we're missing one person, we are missing a pretty good piece of that, you know, success story. So yeah, it's not one person. I, I can't answer every security jeopardy question. I would love to. That would be great. But you know where to find out. You're the yeah, best isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and and so I think that's a great reminder, isn't it? I mean, there there are things that um, happen every single day, and as leaders, it's having the attitude and the approach that you are able to reflect, you're able to get the right information, to be able to make the right decisions, and have what needs to be in place the next time to be able to um, to uh, move forward. There's a comment here that someone says you have you are you have or ha you have to make the answers to make money with. Absolutely. That uh, and I've shared that question or that comment there because what we're talking about is not necessarily your expertise. Um, of, of course, there's knowledge and expertise that you you are paid for, you know, as that expertise. But there's these other things that that may come up because of the unique requirements of a client, well, you would know where to get those answers. You would know where to go and find those, what you needed. So, um, yeah, and dealing with that team. Yep. I mean, a great example of that is, you know, tax. I used to work in tax. I don't need to memorize the entire tax code, but a yeah. client would pay me. They keep changing it on you every five minutes anyway, so they yes. can't even keep up with what's. No, it's great. And it's I used to change it though. It's on onion paper and so very thin. And to change, that was one of my first jobs as an intern was to change when it was not all digital, but we had to change the onion leaves inside the tax code so that we had references to go back to. I can't memorize that, but I'm going to pay the guy that knows where to find the answers to that. I'm going to pay the guy that knows the strategy behind the tax code to know how best to respond to that. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. I've got to get the to the answer, but it's not going to, everything is not going to be in, in one brain. <laughs> yeah. And as a leader, I think that's where um, to be able to grow and scale a business, we have to let go of that control that we need to know everything and trust that we have the right people in the right areas to be able to do that for you. Otherwise, there's no way that you're able to grow that business. Yeah. And again, back to your gut, you know, that that intuition will tell you, OK, I'm, I'm missing critical information that I need to find expertise in. Mm -hmm. I, I know that we've got a rounded solution. We're ready to go to the client with this is a completed deliverable. I mean, you know, those things, you know, when again, you're missing key components or you're on the right path for business success overall. I mean, you, you feel that, you know. Yes. Yeah, terrific. I have loved our conversation. We could probably keep going for many, many more hours on, on this, but we've just scratched the surface, And but I have loved the conversation today. Thank you so very much. Uh, Joanne, if they would like to find out more about your business um, or connect with you, what are the ways that they can do that? Sure. Our web address is s3.consulting uh, and you can find information about the company. Um, I am very active on LinkedIn. You can just look me up at Johanna Baum uh, and it's the same thing on Twitter uh, and same thing with our company S3 Consulting on LinkedIn as well. And we're happy. We, we love to get you know connection points either again on LinkedIn or through the website. If anybody has any questions or wants to reach out, you know, very happy to connect. Terrific. Well, thanks once again for coming on the show, Joanna.
Thank you. It's a pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.